Welcome to Gospel Truth with Andrew Womack, a teaching ministry that focuses on God's unconditional love and grace. We have a better covenant upon better promises, and we have a better relationship with God. We were at such a desperate place that Andrew, it was like life. It was just life that was coming from the television. And every area in our life has been turned right side up. And now, here's Andrew. Welcome to our Wednesday's broadcast of The Gospel Truth. Today, I'm in the middle of my third week teaching on the war is over. I tell you, this has been a powerful, powerful teaching. The last two days, we've had our phone center closed because of the New Year's holiday. But today, our offices are open again. We've got people on our phones, and I would really encourage you to get these materials. We not only have the book in English and in Spanish, we have CDs, we have DVDs, and we also have study guides that are over 300 pages each. It's the same material as in the book, but it's reformatted so that specifically you can study and disciple other people using these materials. And I tell you, this truth about the war is over. The war from God towards man, His anger, His wrath against us because of our sin has now been appeased through Jesus. And this is something that the average New Testament Christian does not understand. And it's primarily because they don't understand that we are no longer under the Old Covenant. Now, next week, I'm going to go into a lot of scriptures and show you that the Old Covenant was prior to us being born again. But once you were born again, you aren't under the Old Covenant law. Now, there's still a place for the Old Covenant law. There's still things that even a Christian can benefit from. But the Old Covenant does not apply directly to a New Testament Christian. Now, that may sound like blasphemy to some people, but that's what the Bible teaches. And specifically, I've been teaching out of the book of Hebrews the last few days. Let me share this from Hebrews chapter 9, verse 12. And it's talking about Jesus contrasting the way He did things with the way that it was done under the Old Covenant. Under the Old Covenant in the tabernacle and in the temple, when they went in to worship, they had to offer animal sacrifices. And these sacrifices had to be done over and over and over again. You couldn't go past the uh, veil into the Holy of Holies. Only the high priest could do that one time a year. And, but there was just constant flowing of blood in the Old Covenant. In the New Covenant, it says in Hebrews chapter 9, verse 12, "...neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by His own blood, He entered in once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us." You know, if you stop and think about it, if you let words speak to you right here, this is different than what most people believe. Most people believe they are only forgiven. Uh, when they make Jesus their Lord, they're only forgiven up until that time. And then every time they sin after that, as a Christian, every time we mess up, we lose our salvation or at least the benefits of our salvation. And we got to get that sin under the blood, get it confessed, and we are still dealing with all of the effects of sin. But this says that Jesus entered in once, not multiple times. Most people believe that every time you sin, you got to go confess that sin to Jesus and get Jesus to forgive and cleanse it and put it under the blood and that He is constantly forgiving you of sin. This says He entered into the holy place one time and obtained eternal 
REDEMPTION FOR US. ETERNAL. NOT UNTIL THE NEXT TIME WE SIN AND THEN WE LOSE IT AND THEN WE HAVE TO GET BORN AGAIN AGAIN. NO, HE OBTAINED ETERNAL REDEMPTION FOR US. AND DOWN IN VERSE 15 IT SAYS, AND FOR THIS CAUSE HE IS THE MEDIATOR OF THE NEW TESTAMENT THAT BY MEANS OF DEATH FOR THE REDEMPTION OF THE TRANSGRESSIONS THAT WERE UNDER THE FIRST TESTAMENT, THEY WHICH ARE CALLED MIGHT RECEIVE THE PROMISE OF ETERNAL INHERITANCE. AGAIN, THIS IS SOMETHING THAT IS A FOREIGN CONCEPT TO THE AVERAGE CHRISTIAN. THE AVERAGE CHRISTIAN DOES NOT UNDERSTAND ETERNAL INHERITANCE. ESPECIALLY THE PENTECOSTALS, THEY BELIEVE THAT EVERY TIME YOU SIN, YOU LOSE YOUR INHERITANCE, YOU LOSE YOUR RIGHT STANDING WITH GOD, AND YOU GOT TO START OVER. JUST, AND, and YOU KNOW, they, THEY BELIEVE THAT YOU LOSE YOUR SALVATION, THEY WILL CALL IT YOUR BACKSLID, AND THAT YOU'VE GOT TO BE BORN AGAIN. YOU GOT TO COME BACK INTO RELATIONSHIP WITH GOD. IN A SENSE, THEY'RE SAYING YOU GOT TO BE BORN AGAIN, AGAIN. YOU WERE BORN AGAIN ONCE WHEN YOU FIRST ACCEPTED THE LORD, BUT NOW EVERY TIME YOU SIN, YOU LOSE IT AND YOU GOT TO BE BORN AGAIN, AGAIN. JUST IMAGINE IF A CHILD, EVERY TIME THEY DID SOMETHING WRONG, THEY HAD TO GET BORN AGAIN. THEY HAD TO START OVER AGAIN. WELL, I CAN GUARANTEE YOU THAT CHILDREN DO THINGS WRONG ALL OF THE TIME, AND IF EVERY TIME THEY DID SOMETHING WRONG, THEY HAD TO GO BACK AND START ALL OVER AGAIN AND BE BORN AGAIN, AGAIN, THEY'D NEVER GROW TO MATURITY. THERE WOULD BE NO MATURITY. AND THAT REALLY IS VERY DESCRIPTIVE OF MOST CHRISTIANS' LIFE. AND IT'S BECAUSE THEY DON'T UNDERSTAND THAT YOU DON'T LOSE YOUR RIGHT STANDING WITH GOD WHEN YOU SIN. NOW, YOU GIVE SATAN AN INROAD INTO YOUR LIFE. THERE ARE CONSEQUENCES TO SIN. I AM NOT ENCOURAGING YOU TO SIN. AND IF YOU HAVE TRULY BEEN BORN AGAIN, THERE ARE MANY, MANY SCRIPTURES THAT TALK ABOUT THAT YOUR NATURE IS CHANGED AND YOU DON'T WANT TO SIN. IF YOU ARE TRULY BORN AGAIN, YOU HAVE A DESIRE TO LIVE FOR GOD, AND WHAT I'M SAYING WILL NOT SET YOU FREE TO SIN, IT'LL SET YOU FREE FROM SIN, FROM THE GUILT AND THE PENALTY OF SIN, AND IT WILL ALLOW YOU TO LIVE HOLIER AS AN ACCIDENT THAN YOU EVER DID ON PURPOSE BEFORE BECAUSE NOW YOU ARE IN RELATIONSHIP WITH GOD. YOU DON'T GET SEPARATED EVERY TIME YOU DO SOMETHING WRONG. SO, there, THIS IS POWERFUL, BUT THE AVERAGE CHRISTIAN DOES NOT BELIEVE IN ETERNAL REDEMPTION AND ETERNAL INHERITANCE. THEY BELIEVE IN MOMENTARY REDEMPTION UNTIL THE NEXT TIME THEY blow, BLOW IT. THEY BELIEVE IN MOMENTARY INHERITANCE, BUT THEY CAN LOSE IT. THEY CAN GET BACKSLID, AND THEY GOT TO GET BORN AGAIN, AGAIN. THAT IS NOT WHAT THESE VERSES ARE TEACHING. AGAIN, THIS IS CONTRASTING THE OLD COVENANT WITH THE NEW COVENANT AND MOST PEOPLE HAVE AN OLD COVENANT MENTALITY WHERE YOUR SINS ARE ONLY FORGIVEN UNTIL THE NEXT TIME YOU SIN, AND THEN YOU GOT TO GO THROUGH ALL OF THIS RITUAL OVER AGAIN. NO, WHEN JESUS DIED FOR US, HE DIED FOR ALL OF OUR SINS, PAST, PRESENT, AND EVEN FUTURE SINS THAT WE HAVEN'T COMMITTED YET. I SAID THIS ON YESTERDAY'S PROGRAM, BUT SOMEBODY SAYS, HOW COULD GOD FORGIVE A SIN BEFORE YOU COMMIT IT? WELL, YOU BETTER PRAY THAT HE CAN BECAUSE HE ONLY DIED FOR YOUR SINS AND MY SINS ONE TIME 2,000 YEARS AGO. IF HE CAN'T FORGIVE SINS BEFORE YOU COMMIT THEM, THEN YOU AND I CAN'T BE BORN AGAIN. YES, GOD CAN FORGIVE SINS. YES, HE'S FORGIVEN ALL OF OUR SINS, PAST, PRESENT, AND EVEN FUTURE. SO IN VERSE 16, THIS IS HEBREWS 9, 16, FOR WHERE A TESTAMENT IS, THERE MUST ALSO OF NECESSITY BE THE DEATH OF THE TESTATOR, FOR A TESTAMENT IS OF FORCE AFTER MEN ARE DEAD, OTHERWISE IT IS as NO STRENGTH AT ALL WHILE A TESTATOR LIVETH. THIS IS YOU KNOW, in, new, uh, IN OUR LANGUAGE TODAY, WE WOULD SAY THAT A WILL DOESN'T HAVE ANY EFFECT UNTIL THE PERSON DIES. 
As long as he is alive, the will doesn't have any effect. For instance, you give your, all of your goods to your children, but as long as you're alive, they can't come in and take your goods because you're alive. But as soon as you die, well, then that will goes into effect and all of your goods and all of your assets pass on to your children. And so this is what this is saying, that, that there was an Old Testament, that's an old will, and God said, here's how I'm going to do things, but he had to die to put that will into effect. And so it says in verse 18, whereupon neither the first testament was dedicated without blood. Again, a testament or a will doesn't go into effect until death. And so in the Old Testament, there were animals slain to symbolize the death of Jesus that would put the new covenant, the new will into effect. And then in verse 19, for when Moses had spoken every precept to all the people according to the law, he took the blood of calves and of goats with water and scarlet wool and hyssop and sprinkled both the book and all the people, saying, This is the blood of the testament which God hath enjoined unto you. Moreover, he sprinkled with blood both the tabernacle and all the vessels of the ministry, and almost all things are by the law purged with blood. And without shedding of blood, there is no remission. The word remission means forgiveness of sins. So in the Old Covenant, it was a symbolic testament or a symbolic will because the person who was really going to put the New Testament into effect hadn't come yet. And so we used animals and we killed animals to symbolize that there had to be a death to put this will, this testament, into effect. The Old Covenant was symbolized by animal blood. But in the New Testament, Jesus is the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world, and He put His will, the New Testament, into effect by shedding His own blood. That's what this is talking about. In verse 23, it says, "...it was therefore necessary that the patterns of things in the heavens should be purified with these." That's talking about the Old Testament tabernacle and temple and all of the altar and the uh, showbread and the altar of incense and all of these things. Those were symbolic of things that we now have the reality of. We don't just have a symbolism anymore. This is why we don't have a temple today. You know, the reason that Christians don't worship in a temple, we have churches, but we don't have temples because we are the temple of the Lord and everything now is reality. It's not just symbolism. But the first tabernacle had all of these things and they had to be purified with animals' blood because uh, Jesus hadn't come yet. So it says in verse 23, it was therefore necessary that the patterns of things in the heavens should be purified with these but the heavenly things themselves with better sacrifices than these. For Christ is not entered into the holy places made with hands, which are the figures of the true. That's talking about the Old Testament temple. But into heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God for us. There is actually a heaven. Or let me say that there is a temple in heaven. And when Moses was up on the mount for 40 days and 40 nights, he saw the temple that was in heaven. And, it's, and the Lord gave him specific instructions to make the tabernacle that he built, you know, down there that they traveled with and stuff. He says that you make this tabernacle according to the pattern that you saw in the mount. He literally saw into heaven and he saw the temple that is a reality and exists in heaven. And the uh, tabernacle that he built and later the temple that Solomon built were a replica a uh, imitation 
OF THE TRUE TEMPLE THAT EXISTS IN HEAVEN. SO THE TEMPLE AND THE TABERNACLE THAT EXISTED HERE ON THIS EARTH WERE SYMBOLIC AND THEY USED ANIMAL BLOOD TO PURGE THOSE AND TO DEDICATE THOSE. BUT THE TEMPLE THAT'S IN HEAVEN, IT'S NOT ANIMAL BLOOD. IT'S THE BLOOD OF THE LORD JESUS CHRIST THAT HE LITERALLY ENTERED INTO THE HOLY PLACE IN THE TEMPLE IN HEAVEN AND PUT HIS BLOOD ON THE ALTAR AND HE PAID FOR ALL OF OUR SINS, PAST, PRESENT, AND FUTURE. HE ONLY ENTERED IN ONE TIME, IS WHAT IT SAYS IN HEBREWS 9, 12. HE ENTERED IN ONCE INTO THE HOLY PLACE HAVING OBTAINED ETERNAL REDEMPTION. VERSE 15 SAYS HE OBTAINED ETERNAL INHERITANCE. IT DOESN'T HAVE TO BE REDONE THE WAY THAT THE SYMBOLIC THINGS were HAD TO BE REDONE. JESUS DID IT ONCE AND FOR ALL. ONCE AND FOR ALL, YOU ARE BORN AGAIN. ONCE AND FOR ALL, YOU ARE SAVED. YOU ARE FORGIVEN OF ALL SIN, PAST, PRESENT, AND EVEN FUTURE SINS THAT YOU HAVEN'T COMMITTED YET. MAN, THAT IS NEARLY TOO GOOD TO BE TRUE. GO BACK AGAIN TO VERSE 24. FOR CHRIST IS NOT ENTERED INTO THE HOLY PLACES MADE WITH HANDS, WHICH ARE THE FIGURES OF THE TRUE, BUT INTO HEAVEN ITSELF, NOW TO APPEAR IN THE PRESENCE OF GOD FOR US, NOR YET THAT HE SHOULD OFFER HIMSELF OFTEN, AS THE HIGH PRIEST ENTERTH INTO THE HOLY PLACE EVERY YEAR WITH THE BLOOD OF OTHERS. SEE, THIS IS NOT A COMPARISON. IT'S A CONTRAST. THE PRIEST HAD TO GO IN AND OFFER THEIR SACRIFICES OFTEN BECAUSE THEY WERE ONLY SYMBOLIC AND THE SYMBOLISM HAD TO BE KEPT UP. BUT JESUS WASN'T SYMBOLIC. HE WAS THE REAL DEAL. AND WHEN HE SHED HIS BLOOD FOR OUR SINS, IT ATONED FOR ALL OF OUR SINS, PAST, PRESENT, AND EVEN THE SINS WE HAVEN'T COMMITTED YET. HE ENTERED IN ONCE. AND SO IN VERSE 25, IT SAYS, NOR YET THAT HE SHOULD OFFER HIMSELF OFTEN AS THE HIGH PRIEST ENTERETH INTO THE HOLY PLACE EVERY YEAR WITH THE BLOOD OF OTHERS. FOR THEN MUST HE OFTEN HAVE SUFFERED SINCE THE FOUNDATION OF THE WORLD. BUT NOW ONCE IN THE END OF THE WORLD HATH HE APPEARED TO PUT AWAY SIN BY THE SACRIFICE OF HIMSELF. AGAIN, THIS IS THE SAME POINT THAT I'VE BEEN MAKING FOR TWO DAYS. HEBREWS CHAPTER 9, VERSE 12, HE ENTERED IN ONCE INTO THE HOLY PLACE AND OBTAINED ETERNAL REDEMPTION. VERSE 15, HE ENTERED IN ONCE AND OBTAINED ETERNAL INHERITANCE. NOW IT SAYS IN VERSE 27, AS IT IS APPOINTED UNTO MAN ONCE TO DIE, BUT AFTER THIS THE JUDGMENT, SO CHRIST WAS ONCE OFFERED TO BEAR THE SINS OF MANY, AND UNTO THEM THAT LOOK FOR HIM SHALL HE APPEAR THE SECOND TIME WITHOUT SIN UNTO SALVATION. PEOPLE ONLY DIE ONCE. THE BIBLE SAYS THE WAGES OF SIN IS DEATH, ROMANS 6, 23. AND PEOPLE ONLY DIE ONCE. LIKEWISE, JESUS ONLY DIED FOR OUR SINS ONCE, AND HE OBTAINED ETERNAL REDEMPTION FOR US. YOU KNOW, I'VE ALREADY, IN JUST these, THIS ONE CHAPTER, THERE'S AT LEAST FIVE OR SIX DIFFERENT VERSES THAT I'VE TALKED ABOUT THAT EMPHASIZE THAT OPPOSITE OF THE WAY IT WAS DONE IN THE OLD COVENANT WHERE YOU HAD TO OFFER A SACRIFICE FOR SIN EVERY TIME YOU SINNED, AND THEN THERE HAD TO BE A YEARLY SACRIFICE THAT COVERED ALL OF THE SINS THAT YOU'VE MISSED. IN CONTRAST TO THAT, THE NEW TESTAMENT, THERE'S JUST ONE TIME YOU RECEIVE THE SACRIFICE OF JESUS AND IT CLEANSES YOU OF ALL SIN, PAST, PRESENT, AND EVEN FUTURE SINS. MAN, THAT IS RADICAL. THERE'S VERY FEW CHRISTIANS THAT UNDERSTAND THIS, AND BECAUSE OF IT, MOST CHRISTIANS ARE STILL BEING um, SEPARATED FROM GOD BECAUSE OF THEIR SIN. THEY'RE STILL, LIKE ADAM AND EVE, THEY RAN AND HID FROM GOD. THE AVERAGE CHRISTIAN IS AFRAID OF GOD. THEY'RE AFRAID 
THAT EVEN IF THEY BELIEVE THAT GOD WON'T SEND THEM TO HELL, THEY BELIEVE THAT THEIR SALVATION IS SECURE, THEY DON'T BELIEVE THAT GOD IS GOING TO ANSWER THEIR PRAYERS. THEY AREN'T BOLD WITH IT. YOU KNOW, I'VE USED THIS ILLUSTRATION MANY TIMES, BUT I TALK ABOUT HOW THAT I SAW MY SON RAISED FROM THE DEAD. AND THERE ARE MANY OF YOU WATCHING THIS PROGRAM THAT YOU BELIEVE MIRACLES STILL HAPPEN TODAY. IF YOU WERE AT ONE OF MY MEETINGS AND SOMEBODY DIED, AND IF I SAID, I BELIEVE GOD CAN RAISE HIM FROM THE DEAD, YOU WOULD SHOUT WITH THE BEST OF THEM, SO DO I, AND YOU WOULD BE RIGHT THERE BELIEVING. YOU BELIEVE THAT GOD HAS THE POWER TO RAISE A PERSON FROM THE DEAD. BUT WHERE I'D LOSE YOU IS WHEN I SAY, ALL RIGHT, IF YOU BELIEVE IT, YOU PRAY FOR HIM. AND ALL OF A SUDDEN, YOUR FAITH WOULD TURN TO FEAR, YOUR EXCITEMENT WOULD TURN TO DREAD. WHAT HAPPENED? WHAT'S THE DIFFERENCE? DID GOD CHANGE JUST BECAUSE I SAID YOU PRAY FOR HIM? NO, YOU KNOW WHAT PEOPLE ARE DOUBTING? THEY DON'T DOUBT GOD'S ABILITY. THEY DOUBT GOD'S WILLINGNESS TO USE HIS ABILITY ON YOUR BEHALF BECAUSE YOU HAVE A SIN CONSCIOUSNESS, BECAUSE YOU KNOW THAT YOU HAVEN'T DONE EVERYTHING RIGHT AND YOU THINK THAT YOUR SIN IS STILL SEPARATING YOU FROM GOD. YOU THINK THAT THE WAR IS STILL GOING. THIS IS WHAT THIS WHOLE TEACHING IS ABOUT. THE WAR IS OVER. GOD HAS SIGNED A PEACE TREATY WITH YOU, AND EVEN IF YOU VIOLATE THE TERMS OF THE CONDITION, HE'S NEVER GOING TO BE ANGRY AT YOU AGAIN. BUT SEE, MOST PEOPLE, THEY BELIEVE GOD CAN DO SOMETHING, BUT THEY LOSE THEIR BOLDNESS BECAUSE THEY KNOW THEY AREN'T WORTHY. THE TRUTH IS, YOU AREN'T WORTHY. I'M NOT WORTHY. BUT THE GOOD NEWS IS, WE DON'T GET WHAT WE DESERVE. WE GET WHAT JESUS DIED AND PUT INTO EFFECT. HE DEALT WITH OUR SINS. IT'S APPOINTED UNTO MAN ONCE TO DIE, AND AFTER THAT THE JUDGMENT. SO LIKEWISE, JESUS ONE TIME PAID FOR OUR SINS, AND WE NOW HAVE ETERNAL REDEMPTION AND ETERNAL INHERITANCE. YOU KNOW, THAT IS NEARLY TOO GOOD TO BE TRUE. NOBODY ELSE IS GOING TO TREAT YOU THIS WAY. I THINK THIS IS ANOTHER REASON THAT PEOPLE STRUGGLE TO RECEIVE these, THIS GOOD NEWS THAT I'M TALKING ABOUT IS BECAUSE WE REALLY DO uh, KIND OF TRY AND PUT GOD INTO HUMAN TERMS. AND YOU KNOW WHAT? In the, IN THE HUMAN REALM, THERE IS JUST NOBODY WHO WOULD TREAT YOU THIS GOOD. YOU DON'T HAVE AN EMPLOYER THAT SAYS, LOOK, I'M GOING TO HIRE YOU TOTALLY BY GRACE. IT DOESN'T MATTER IF YOU SHOW UP FOR WORK. IT DOESN'T MATTER IF YOU DO YOUR JOB. IT DOESN'T MATTER IF YOU SOW STRIFE. IT DOESN'T MATTER ANYTHING. I'M JUST GOING TO CONTINUE TO PAY YOU WHETHER YOU WORK OR NOT. I'LL GIVE YOU GUARANTEED COST OF LIVING RAISES AND STUFF. NOBODY TREATS YOU THAT WAY. YOU KNOW, MARRIAGE IS SUPPOSED TO BE WHERE YOU DON'T GIVE THE OTHER PERSON WHAT THEY DESERVE. YOU'RE SUPPOSED TO BE GIVING THEM MERCY AND GRACE, BUT SAD TO SAY, MOST MARRIAGES ARE BASED ON PERFORMANCE. I COULDN'T TELL YOU HOW MANY TIMES I'VE COUNSELED A COUPLE AND I SAY THAT YOU'RE SUPPOSED TO LOVE YOUR WHY? WELL, I WOULD IF SHE DID THIS, BUT SHE DID THIS. AND YOU KNOW WHAT THEY'RE BASICALLY SAYING IS, WELL, I KNOW I'M SUPPOSED TO LOVE MY WIFE THE WAY THAT CHRIST LOVED THE CHURCH, BUT SHE DOESN'T DESERVE IT. SHE DID THIS. AND MOST PEOPLE ARE GIVING THEIR MATE WHAT THEY DESERVE. WE JUST DON'T FIND THIS UNCONDITIONAL LOVE THAT GOD IS OFFERING US RIGHT HERE. WE JUST DON'T FIND THIS IN ANY HUMAN RELATIONSHIP. AND SO PEOPLE JUST SUPPOSE THAT GOD IS LIKE PEOPLE. NO, THAT'S NOT TRUE. GOD HAS OFFERED US A COVENANT WHERE HE DIED FOR OUR SINS, PAID FOR OUR SINS ONE TIME, AND HE HAS GRANTED US ETERNAL REDEMPTION, ETERNAL INHERITANCE. THAT SOUNDS TOO GOOD TO BE TRUE. YOU CAN'T FIND ANYBODY ELSE THAT WILL TREAT YOU THIS WAY, BUT THAT'S THE WAY THAT GOD IS. THAT'S WHAT THESE VERSES ARE SAYING. IN CHAPTER 10, AND AGAIN, I REMIND YOU THAT THIS IS NOT 
a new author, and it's not a new subject. It's, we put the chapter and verse divisions in here so that we can reference it easily, but it is not a new thought. He's saying the exact same thing. He's continuing, and in chapter 10, verse 1, he says, "...for the law, having a shadow of good things to come, and not the very image of the things, can never with those sacrifices which they offered year by year continually make the comers thereunto perfect." Now, this is important that you get this. The Old Testament law was a shadow. You know, I've used this example before that if somehow or another you were, like if you could use this table that I'm sitting at, and if it was a wall, and if it went up high, and it blocked your view of me, if you were on the other side over here, you couldn't see me. But if there was a light behind me, and you could see my shadow on the ground over there. Did you know if you can't see me, a shadow is very important. It could give you information about me. It could tell you whether I'm standing still, whether I'm moving towards you, or whether I'm moving the other way. It could tell you if I was carrying a big stick or something. There's a lot of things that you can get from a shadow. But if I walk around the corner, and if I was in full view of you, it would, we would think you're crazy if you reach down and hug the shadow, or try and shake hands with the shadow, or talk to the shadow. If you can't see the reality of a person, a shadow has a purpose. But once the person is in full view, why would you deal with the shadow? The Old Testament, it says here, was a shadow, pictures, types, of how God wanted it to be in the New Covenant after Jesus came and paid for our sins. And so the Old Testament law had certain concepts, but it wasn't a perfect representation. Just like a shadow, you can't see all of the details. It just gives you a vague idea. The shadow of the Old Testament law had to have sacrifices over and over because it needed to keep in front of people that the wages of sin is death. But in the New Testament, the shadow is gone, and we do not have to be forgiven over and over and over every time you sin. God dealt with all of your sin, past, present, and future. Man, that's what this is saying. It says, For the law having a shadow of good things to come, and not the very image of the things, can never with those sacrifices which they offered year by year continually make the comers thereunto perfect. For then would they not have ceased to be offered? There's a question mark there in the middle of the verse. If the sacrifices could have worked, they would have quit offering it. The fact that you offer a sacrifice over and over and over means that you don't believe that that sacrifice had a cleansing effect forever. It was just temporary. And then the next time you sin, you got to offer a new sacrifice. If the sacrifices could have really worked, they'd quit offering them. The very fact that they are offering them again shows that they don't believe that it had a total cleansing effect. Boy, there's a great point to be made right here, but I'm out of time today. I'll continue this on my program tomorrow. Let me mention this book, The War Is Over. And this, this would change your life. And I've not only got it in English, I've got it in Spanish. I've got study guides in English and Spanish. And then we have CDs and DVDs. Remember that our offices are now reopened after the first of the year. We've got people standing by at our phones right now, and they would take your order. I encourage you to get this teaching. This is stuff that you are not going to hear very often. And I tell you, it'd make a big difference in your life. So listen to our announcer as he gives you the information, and please call or write today. 
Thanks to the friends and partners of Andrew Womack Ministries, Karis Bible College is raising up more disciples than ever before on the sanctuary property. But what if you can't make it to Colorado? Being a stay-at-home mom with three kids, it would not be possible for me to pack up and move to Colorado. I knew God wanted me to go to Bible College. I made up my mind and said to God, I said, I know I'm going, whether it's Colorado or wherever. Is there an option for you? With over 70 campus locations around the world, there is a place for you to begin your journey. If that seed's there and you've got something close to you like we do here, you've got to go for it. More than likely, God's already speaking to you about going to Karis Bible College. You just need to make the step. You will never, ever regret going to an extension school. It will change your life forever. Join the Karis community of like-minded believers by discovering a campus location near you at karisbiblecollege.org. Thank you for joining us on today's broadcast of The Gospel Truth, and a very heartfelt thank you to all who sow into Andrew Womack Ministries. Your generosity supports the sharing of God's unconditional love and grace to His kids all over the globe. Because of you, people are getting free resources and their lives are being changed. You really are making a difference. If you're not already a Grace Partner, we ask you to pray about becoming one today. I'd really like to encourage you to get this material. This book on The War Is Over is available in English and in Spanish. And then I have a study guide that is also in English and in Spanish. This is primarily for discipleship. It's a tremendous tool that has a CD-ROM inside where you can print out the questions and disciple others. And then I have CDs and DVDs. I tell you, this teaching would change your life. Listen to our announcer and respond today. Andrew's teaching titled, The War Is Over, is available in a CD album recorded live from a Gospel Truth seminar or in a DVD album made from our daily television broadcast. You can also get this teaching as a book or study guide in either English or Spanish. Or you can get The War Is Over package, which includes your choice of either the CD or DVD album, the book, and the study guide. This package has a catalog value of $85, but you can get it today for only $60. The individual audio CD highlighted in today's broadcast is available for a gift of any amount when you write or call. We encourage everyone to give, but if you're simply unable to afford it, Andrew and his partners will provide today's teaching free of charge. Our helpline number is 719-635-1111. If the lines are busy, remember, you can order ministry materials or become a Grace Partner 24 hours a day, 7 days a week at awmi.net. We'd like to point out Andrew's upcoming speaking schedule. Mark your calendars to come meet Andrew at one of these events and let the Word of God transform your life. In the month of January, to welcome in the new year, Andrew will be in Phoenix, Arizona for the annual Phoenix Gospel Truth Conference. In February, he'll be in Orlando and Oakland, Florida. And in March, he'll be at the Sanctuary in Woodland Park, Colorado for the annual Karis Bible College Men's Advance with special guest Tony Dungy, New York Times bestselling author, NFL Hall of Fame, and Super Bowl winning coach. 
and James Brown, Emmy award-winning broadcaster on the CBS and NFL networks. Also at the Sanctuary in March, Andrew will be hosting the Army Conference for Ministers. For more details on Andrew's next meeting in your area, visit our website at awmi.net. Hello, this is Andrew Womack, and I'd like to encourage you to check out our Gospel Truth TV. You've got well-known people on there like Kenneth Copeland, Creflo Dollar, Jesse Duplantis, Keith Moore, and it's a safe place to be. You are going to be blessed. So check it out. It's 24-7, gospeltruth.tv.